Hey everybody, it's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 161. A little music. A little bit slow. A little slow in the draw there. It's festival season. Yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We are here at the It's a Good Life Babe Studios, and it's Just Us Chickens on this episode. I like our Just Us Chickens episodes. Me too. We have them every now and again where we don't have a guest on. Maison Duville. <clears throat> yeah, at the Maison Duville. And, you know, uh, I just want to get, like, 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 let's throw the chicken in the pot right away. Do it. And just start Go for boiling it. it. Yes. So, okay, I'm, I'm sitting at Jazz Fest, and I, I had a great time at Jazz Fest this year. Good. And Me too. I'm sitting there, and I, you know that there are these planes that fly above, and they have these banners behind them. Yeah, it's right? usually like pina colada rum or something. Or, or it's also like, hey, go to fucking this bar after right. you're done, you know? Or, hey, check out uh, Spotted Cat tonight. You know, we're going to have someone get, get a hurricane. Blah, blah, blah. Get a hurricane at Pat O'Brien's. Blah, right. It's, it's, very, it's just advertising. It's the most, same thing they do at the, the beaches. Exactly. So, yeah. so uh, some backstory, like, for a couple of years before Frank Skurlock decided to run for mayor and then it was subsequently discovered that he was a Uber driver groper. Uber driver groper. Uber driver groper. Uber driver groper. There's a lot of those. That's Frank Skurlock. <laughs> his claim to fame. Because no one but even... That f- also applies to a Tampa Bay quarterback. Nobody... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uber driver groper. Uber driver groper. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He is in the same category as uh, what is that guy's that dude's name? By the way, Spurlock. Oh. No, no, the quarterback. What is that dude's name? Uh, from the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He would is, hate uh, the fact that we for, we've forgotten his name because he was, he's a, uh, because Winston. he's he's a narcissistic James. psychopath. James yeah. Winston. James Winston is an Uber driver groper. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so this this other guy, Frank Skurlock, is an Uber driver groper, uh, <laughs> who ran for mayor. Folks, don't be an Uber driver groper. Don't. Ever be don't an Uber it. driver groper? Just don't. Uber there's driver no, gropers. No there is no place there's in no our upside. society for Uber driver gropers. I mean, just go to Pornhub or something. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, don't even know. I groper. think it's like it's one of these weird, like pre-rapey fucking power trip fucking things. Yes. Like I can get away with it because I'm rich or some shit like right. that. You know what I mean? And uh, Winston has had all kind of problems. You know, I mean, other than the fact that he's a rapist as well, and. And, and and here's the thing, man. It's like it, you, for a couple of years, we were treated to this skywriting that happened above the Jazz Fest. Oh, right. And the skywriter got all kinds of, you know, got love, you know, from the Jazz, because he would write love, or he would write feel good about yourself, or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. it was like, is warm your heart. Yeah, it was it was always it was trying to this positivity head trip, you know, gobbledygook stuff, and um, and then it turns out it's this guy Frank Scarlock, who's the Uber driver groper, right? Who is just some rich guy who can afford to fucking do this, and he's trying to paint this picture of himself as this like benevolent benefactor to the sure. city of New Orleans spreading goodwill spreading goodwill and right. then he ran for mayor and when people applied even like just this minor close scrutiny to him it was revealed that he was an Uber driver groper right and so and also just a jackass. so that that just that just sets the stage for this whole thing of like above the jazz fest you have these single engine Cessna planes that are flying around trying to advertise to people and doing these different things and blah, blah, blah. And uh, let me just point out, too, that after the Uber, Uber driver Grober incident, that Frank Scarlock has the skywriting is gone from the Jazz Fest, which I'm very thankful for. I don't need to see any of that bullshit anymore. And uh, but Do you this, think they were able to get rid of that? Or, no, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. They don't so. control that space. Yeah, they don't control that space, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and... <clears throat> well, you know, a guy who made his fame and fortune on bouncy castles is gonna be an Uber driver groper. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just said Uber driver griper, which is what's gonna happen to griper in, a, gonna be in so, about seven years. Griper's gonna be he's, so he's gonna be the Uber driver griper. <laughs> I'm kidding, griper. Completely, totally kidding. 
but listen, I want to I want to say this. So, so I'm sitting there, and and then there's this different banner that's behind one of the planes this year. And it's just to set the stage for you folks to understand that this plane thing happens every year, and weirdos are involved in the plane thing, except for the people who just advertise because they just want you to go to their bar. But the weirdos, it's probably like not too different than like the people who run carnivals. Yeah, or like I guess, or I mean, like swamp tours. Like, just I'm just saying, it's a particular class of people that do this for a living. Well, well, anyway, so so then one of them is flying around. <clears throat> it was on like the last day or the day before the last day or something, and it said, "Put our monument back. Put our monument back." Put our monument back. Our, our our precious racist Confederate monument needs to go back, Joel. <laughs> and and I thought about it, Joel. I looked at it and I said, How pathetic is this for a human being to have this banner made and fly this? Because so many of the people that are in this audience right now aren't from here. So, so it's a cryptic reference without any backstory, right? And so if you don't, it's, they're assuming that everybody's a fucking Trump supporter. And this is a very Trump supporter thin audience that we're talking about here. Except, except that the, the accurate stage, stage. The accurate stage, and I would Gentilly. say. Yeah, maybe a little bit of the Gentilly stage as well. And, and this is my point in saying that is like, so let's take our friends from the Netherlands, right? And they look up and they see that thing and they speak perfect fluent English. And then they look at you and they're like, Joel, what does put our monument back mean? And then you have to explain to these people who aren't from here and who are having this joyous experience that we have this class of people in New Orleans who are racist assholes and they're white right. and they're white people. And so and we it's have, not just New Orleans; it's more regional. I would say it's people from Mobile and Lafayette and Baton Rouge. And what a fucking bummer to have Lake to, Charles. No, they're from here too. Oh, I mean, some they're here too. Fucking, no, there's sure. many of them here. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a whole fucking group of people who are like, put our monument back. That fucking paid for that shit. Yeah, who showed up to every one of the monument removal things that was going on and and that happened a couple of years back. And, uh, and they were out there, including this person, Mimi, whatever her name is, Owens, um, who doesn't live in the city of New Orleans, of see? course, right? She lives in Harahan, right? And, uh, and so you have this thing up there, and then, and then you have to like go into this bum-ass explanation about that we have these hate-filled, racist, asshole fucks who live in this vicinity right. and who... And then you have to go to great lengths to even explain this incredibly abstract idea about why we even had fucking statues to the losing side of a fucking war in the first place, which nobody outside of the outside of the United States even understands they can't as even, a fucking they can't concept. even contemplate it. They're like, I'm sorry, you had uh, if I can get this straight, the, the you had a statue from the losing side. From the losing side that was trying I'm to sounding over, like Werner Herzog that, that was now. trying to overthrow your government. The losing side, the losing side that was trying all to the overthrow your government in so order in to other keep words, slavery intact. The United States reveres the memories of the losers in the war, who were for all of the racism. Is that correct? And you know, and you're like, yes, that, were, that's it. They were for the human that's slavery. It. And not only do they revere them, but when the monuments are properly, properly removed, they fight for their continued existence. And and that's God. I do a really good fucking Werner really Herzog, do. man. You wow, really do, Shit, dude. You got range, man. bro. Damn, you got range. You go from like. I'm sorry, I don't usually congratulate go, myself, but no, I was like, from, I was convincing myself that I was Werner Herzog. Her, just now. Herzog to doc to Doctor Zito, man. <laughs> that's a fucking range, bro. <laughs> no, like, like I'm like. 
it's it's such a zany thing to try to explain this because you have to go into these details and you just don't want to go into the no. details. You just want to go listen, just listen to me. And then you're like, this thing we happened have in the- Charlottesville. Do you know this? You know, yeah. that and then they're like, oh yes, yes, that was tragic. Right. And this is the day, and they're like, no, it was. It's like, did you see that movie Black Klansman? Right. And you're yeah. like, at the end, uh, it's like, such a fucking bummer to have to go down this road to talk about this issue of idiots and racist dumbasses in the United States. It, 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 it's, pain, it's painful and because we know that people from other countries already know this about us and are more acutely aware than even we are, which is evident right. by the fact that we still have this population of human beings that's significant in numbers enough that they're they can collectivize their moron brains together and buy a banner that goes behind a fucking plane to to the same to, week that Donald Trump came out and while all these General people Lee are experiencing joy yes. you know they're like flying a thing that's the that 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 is the symbolic equivalent of a piece of dog shit above everybody's good time and and, and you know it, but but here's the thing, Joel, and this is the power of Jazz Fest, right? So it just shows that I'm not just like, you know. You know comp- You're not just bitching. Bitching and moaning about, about this thing. But it's something that should be bitching and moaning about. Is that nobody gives a fuck <laughs> about it because, like, everybody's out there having a good time. Nobody asked me that question. I'm sure it got asked by a few people. Sure. Right? But most people just, like, looked up and go, like, that just fucking doesn't make any sense to me. No, I'm going to listen to music. At all. And, and now I'm just going to like this. Go right? to Kachan to like- Put our monument back. Does that mean go drink at such and such mean- bar? Yeah. Or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, no- right. nobody looked at that and, like, gave a shit about, like, diving into what the stupid fucking message means, you know, that these idiotic people are trying to fucking fly above yeah. the Jazz Fest, man. So I just want to let you know. I'm sure know. they were congratulating themselves for it. I'm, no, they were, like, they masturbating. Were the, they were on the Acura stage with their fucking dude, big flag. Dude, they were there masturbating. Was of them. They and were they, masturbating themselves. They literally over. probably just came in their pants. Yeah, exactly. They were just like, this is the Even great- with, without stimulation. This is the greatest thing that we yeah non stimulated non stimulated uh, ejaculatory orgasm That's right. exactly occurred for these racist fucks because they were able to purchase a sign and fly it behind a plane and try and shit on everybody's good time and here's my message to them go fuck yourself you suck that's it and I have no forgiveness for you whatsoever and just crawl into your hole man and die a lonely death and you know me man I'm always a proponent of like pointing out that. People who are assholes, um, their punitive, the punitive part of their life is that they have to live with themselves. <laughs> yeah, if only they would recognize that. You know what and, I mean? As the as the major issue in their lives. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Holy shit! I have to live with myself exactly. today. <laughs> Fuck! I might as well kill myself. Exactly. You know, or behave better. And be a cooler fucking human being. Yeah, be you know? nice. Like, like Joel, can you imagine? Loving. Can you imagine ever inviting anybody like that on this show? You know what I mean? Can you imagine this? Just like what a turd of a show it would be, just to have somebody who thinks in that manner and trying to perpetuate these idiotic ideas about like this fake history because they're. Just because the person is just personally racist. Yeah, we're not. And they're uh, trying to fake that all this other shit is like legitimate. We're not first take on ESPN. We don't like invite people <laughs> on to argue. No, no, no. We're not. We're not here to do that. I don't no. want to. I don't want to do that shit with people. No. I want to hear from people about like what their lives are and what their stories are. People are and interesting kind things. Yeah, and have humanity, thoughtful, kind, humanistic individuals yeah. that. Um, that don't want to bring a, have lovely spiritual cores and don't want to and don't want to hate people, you know, by right. you know living in these homogenous environments and hating people from abroad about a host of issues that never affect them in their entire life, which is where their hatreds come from. That and television. Well, that's why we curate the show, and that, and that is why we curate the show, right? However, I have to say that I feel that it's my duty to bring these things up and yes. occasionally and to talk about them because well, we got to dog something out of the because week. these people. <laughs> 
they suck, you know, and they did something that was shitty during Jazz Fest. And during it, this beautiful, beautiful During this beautiful, beautiful moment. moment, and it took up part of my eyeball space. And, right. Uh, and I'm not happy about consciousness. that. Exactly. So, Joel, I'm going to put on the re- on the effects yes, right now. Indeed. We're going to... Dog, Dog out of the week. Of the, week. the people who flew the banner. The what's racist your, banner at the Jazz Fest. Who is that? What's your girl's name? The the one from the yes. uh, Mimi Owens? Mimi Owens, Owens from Oh Forever Lee Circle. Dog which is a Facebook page. Out, out of, of the week. week. Mimi Owens, you fucking suck. Alright. So we did that. <clears throat> Super dog out of the week, and what else, Joel? Uber um, driver, you know, we Cobra. never, we never really Uber even Cobra really Cobra talked Cracker. about jazz. Well, we talked about jazz fest a little bit, you know? a little bit. We had our New Orleans East episode. We talked with the gang about New Orleans East. We had our friend over. We were talking to Dwight about bicycles and etc. And yeah, uh, we didn't really break down the post jazz fest. We didn't really, no, no, no because no. of that episode. And we, I feel like it's kind of too late now. It's too you late. Know? It's too late. Yeah. I mean, I had a good jazz fest. I'll just say this: that I, uh, one of my best shows ever was Herbie Hancock. No one wants to hear about someone's favorite show, but Herbie Hancock was like, it was like Herbie. I've said this to you. It was like Herbie yeah. meets Metallica meets Radiohead. Uh-huh. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing about that, though, Jeff, yeah, this is great. A, this is a testament to Jazz Fest. <laughs> this was the last Sunday of Jazz Fest. Is that I ran into Amsterdam Philip after, and he was like, I just saw John Fogarty, it's the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> and then someone else was like, I just saw Buddy Guy, and that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And then so, and then Cousin Andy was like, I just saw the Nevilles during Trombone Shorty, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. No, and I was like, so, I saw Irma Thomas at the Gospel Tent, and, was, and I just right. had this complete mic drop moment. I was like, I'm done with the Jazz Yeah, you're like, you're done, yeah. just just finish. Yeah. It's over. No, it's over because of that. After this, yeah, yeah it's because like of you that. Just, you just ate your great bite of food, and it's done. That's right. what I try to do on the last day that I'm there, is just like look for some kind of mic drop moment, you know, sure. in order to like roll out, and uh, and I found mine, you know, and, and other people were finding theirs as well. I think it was a banner Jazz Fest like all around. Five, for five shows. A lot of people. <laughs> You know, right. I feel like it was. Attendance was a little light. We talked about this. <laughs> we did, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, not historically, like you pointed out, um, but it was eight days instead of seven, but it was average like $59,000, 59,000 people, people a day. Yeah. Uh-huh. And typically you would have that one or two days to get like 90,000 people, and there wasn't a day like that. I, I heard that the, f- I didn't go to the f- second Friday, but I heard that was pretty busy. But I didn't have to wait for food the whole time. Like, the entire fortnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't have to. Food, getting food was pretty easy. I mean, it yeah. was kind of remarkable. Um, yep, and yep, the, I and, agree. And then the crowds just were, it was, I mean, we had two rainouts, and that probably affected, um, you know, the first Thursday and second Saturday both had pretty heavy rain. I just feel like you didn't have you didn't have that because you just didn't have a gang this that kind of gangbuster act right you know on that second weekend either right. on Friday or Saturday or Saturday or Sunday um, that's going to garner that kind of uh, that kind of crowd you know the kind of Elton John type sure. thing juvenile right you know I mean you could name a host of acts man I mean the closest that it came for me was Congo Square when uh, Shaka Khan was playing right. You know, where it was just a little uncomfortable. Fucking, well, like I mean, it was just so was. like like people, yeah, were were. I mean, I mean, we've discussed it. You know that uh, a lot of the acts that go to Congo Square are like are gigantic acts. You know that that bring a huge crowd of people, and they're there because they're an African American act. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. Yeah, and, that, and the jazz fest has somehow like. It's it's an odd thing. I mean, I'm talking life. about like way back into the chairs. Like it's there isn't even a channel to get through them. Sure, you know because it's so dense. Right, you know, and uh, which is not really not my th- style or thing sure. ever. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I like to roll where I can see the band and hear it. Yeah, and usually you know get behind the front of house. So that the mix is good. Exactly. All kinds of things that other people aren't even thinking about. That's what you do. I mean, you go, folks, when you go to see live music, just go go to the soundboard. We're giving away shit here. Don't like, it's not up front. (laughs) It's not the up front. It's by the soundboard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had to have this moment with with the companion that I was hanging out with from the Netherlands. And uh, this was at a nighttime show. 
and her inclination, like a lot of people do that are not as tall as me, is to just charge up front. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, first of all, I can't be the six foot three gorilla, like standing in everyone's way. And I'm not going to like force my way up to the front. Second of all, the sound is better by the soundboard. No, it is. It's better when you're back a little bit. Yeah. And, and the other thing I find is that, I mean, an issue for me is that other people distract me. Right. Like I get distracted easily. So I, I try to find a place where I get a little space. Where I, can, where I can just watch, you know, where people aren't bumping into me and stuff. And, sure. like, in the front, you just get these, like, you know, you get the crazy, obsessed fans and stuff like that who are like, I, my spot, I was here. Yeah, they get territorial, you and know. it's more about them than it is the music, and that's the narcissism. You yeah, know? then yeah, the narcissists um, gather in the front. So, uh, and I'm not saying that my friend is narcissistic. I just think that, like, some... I just find that a lot of, like, smaller people, women in particular, think that, like... They just whatever they go to the front. I think it's great um, if you want to snap a couple of photos and stuff sure. like that, but it's not the greatest place to to hear the band. But like at the Herbie show, it was packed, man. And so just getting into the tent, I did the wide berth. You know, you did a wide berth. Did the wide berth. Swing around because there's no way without the swing around, I was we were even going to get into the tent. No, because it was so crowded. It was like 50 people deep all around the tent on That's all right. sides. That's right. Yeah. And I went the all the way around to uh, house right and got in there <clears throat> and at first was standing in front of a shorter person than me I was like oh shit my bad and then I purposefully sought out this person who was in front of me I was so happy Jeff uh, who was somebody short no there was a 6'5 dude already there uh huh. Right. And I just went and stood behind him, <laughs> and it just made me so happy because I didn't have to feel guilty. Oh yeah. Because there's a taller dude in front of me. Oh, there you go. Right. I'm like, this is the best. I can fucking relax and not feel like I'm like impeding on other people's good times. Right. Because this dude was already here. God. Because there was a dude at Jupiter and Oquest that did that at uh, like what you were talking about avoiding doing, you know. Right. I don't get upset because it's a general admission show. You know? Sure. It's just like, you know, folks don't get upset about that. It's general admission. Some people are going to stand in front of you, blah, blah, blah. You ask them to leave. They might tell you to fuck off. Then you got a conflict on your hands, you know, or you move over and, you know, everything's fine. But I just fine. don't want any interaction. All I want in interaction I don't want is it. the music. I, That's neither, all I want. Neither do I, you know. And so, like, when I went to the Jupiter No Quest thing, it was clear, like, all these people were discovering it, and they're the hot act and everything, you know, that, of, like, you know. Yeah, everyone that blew, it, blew up the Facebooks. Just fucking blew everything up, man, because yeah. they were, like, they're super-duper hacked. They were at the festival last year, and they were incredible, and uh, but not as many people had discovered them, and they came back this year, and they just blew the doors off, mostly also because they had, like, four performances across two days. And um, so they were at the cultural pavilion tent, which is turning out to be, you know, the best ticket in the totally. jazz fest uh, yes. or one of the best tickets in the jazz fest Indeed. where you just can't lose. You just can't lose. You can't lose. You can go over there and like get some shade and have some food. It's like and Congo not, Square and meets Lanyap stage. And I'm just so glad uh, at, on a certain level that there are just people who are who lack a sense of adventure enough that, right, that they'll they don't, never step in there. That they're just like, why years. don't I go and see some African music when I can stay here and see Kenny Chesney? Jimmy Buffett. You know, right, or Jimmy Buffett or something like that. And I'm like, well, just stay over there. And that's fine. Please you know? stay over there. And please stay over there. But 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 similarly, I could I could stand with this guy staying over there, too. He's just like, went in, and like this dude rolls up. <laughs> and he's got like the bead earring with the little leather tassel, you know, like oh, with some Jesus beads hanging on Christ. it, you know. And I'm looking at him like, this is going to be bad. Oh, boy. As soon as the band kicks, man, he starts doing his white guy dance. Oh, no. You know? And it's like the hippie. Like, like Elaine Bennis. Sort of. it's, it, was, it was Elaine Bennis-y. It was It's the kind of moves that I just don't even know what to say about them, man. Like, I wish they were, I wish they were written down somewhere. Right, sure. But it was, it was kind of, it was a, a nouveau hippie. Right. kind of thing you know like it, it had advanced beyond the whole the two hands together snaky thing yeah you know from the rave days sure it's it's moved on beyond that but it still has a kind of noodly quality to it where you're like kind of like 
spazzing out you know in a way that's not really very like uh appealing rhythmically <laughs> and he's like he's doing it and uh and i was like i just gotta move man i have to i can't be you can't have this person I just can't in be your near, periphery i can't have this person no near me no at all right I'll, i have I'll, I'll change locations at a show just if someone's clapping out of rhythm i'll just be like oh just dude 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 out. i just gotta move they had a woman behind us man who had a fucking God damn, folks! Look, I just want to say this: the tambourine is a real instrument. It's real. Yeah, you can't just be an amateur and come into a tent. Is that what she was doing? The fucking with tambourine. Her own tambourine. The tambourine is a real. That is not for audience. That is instrument. not for audience fucking members. Everyone. There was a woman behind us, man, at Congo Square had the tambourine. Ugh. Dude, she was. She it's not was, a fucking toy. She's bapping the tambourine off it's rhythm. It's not a toy. It's just totally off rhythm. Right. And it was and, and it was off rhythm in a way where it's like not not what I'm talking about where it's like everybody clamps on the two and the four. Right. Oh, you know, it wasn't that. It was just so It wasn't that she was like she was going on the one or the three. It right. wasn't that she was going on the and of the one or, or the three or the two. Right. Or any of those things, which would be perfectly acceptable in a lot of circumstances. She was just some weird abstract. Or just some totally off-kilter fucking, like, hits that had no rhyme or reason to them that were just timed imperfectly every time. And after a while, you're just like, fuck, man. Yeah, you gotta. You got. I told you this. Stop an, imposing yourself told, on other people. I told you the anecdote about how I performed. We were we were playing at Siberia one time, and like I can Joel, I can count on the number on my hands, like the number of times where I've had to like uh, tell an audience member to do something. Right. You know, where I was like, "Yo, asshole, right? You're fucking with everybody in here, man. Get the fuck out of here." Yeah, you know, or something couple, like that. Couple times. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like. It, it just like hardly ever happens, you know. And this guy was in Siberia, and he had like a nickel in his hands. And the poles that support Siberia are steel, so he's and like, they're hollow. So he's playing he's, he's the nickel. He's tinging, he's he's tinging it on the pole, and it's super fucking loud. It cuts through everything over the mix, everything, and I can hear it. And he's trying to do it with some like rhythm thing going on and and Joel it was so present that it just it fucked with my head sure uh, rhythmically to where I couldn't concentrate on what Keith was doing and I was getting distracted by what he was doing Keith the drummer and at the end of the fucking thing man I was like I just had to like get off and I I was just like yo man you gotta stop this shit can you not do the thing with the nickel man cause like it's really like and he's like oh bro I'm sorry you know but but it's like you're high, you know, or you're drunk or whatever. You want people to pay attention to people, you. People, it's not about you're, you. You're when some you kind of narcissist. Show, I don't know what it is. When you go to a music show, folks, it's not about you. Yeah, like like just... You're not even participating. You're appreciating. You're, you're not even participating. I mean, it's up to a light degree. I don't want to sound like I'm being totally... Like, I don't mind if, like, people dance, but something like... When you're doing that dance that like takes up like so much fucking space of everybody's space, right? You know, that's what I'm talking about. You know, where it's like it's like the narcissist, the hippie narcissist dance. Yes. You know, where it's like everybody has to pay attention to your dance because it so occupies this gigantic space that other people aren't occupying. You know, because they know how to dance in another way that like doesn't take up all this fucking space. Watch me listen to the music. Watch in how, a way that you aren't listening to the music. I, I'm 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 not bougie like you. Exactly. You're bougie. You're bougie. I'm super hippie. You don't hear the music the way that I hear the music. Because I'm hippie, man. <laughs> I'm so fucking hippie. <laughs> So you'll learn from me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's something along those lines. Something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that's unfortunate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> eventually you will be dancing like this. Like me. Super narcissist hippie. <laughs> <laughs>
So that's it. That's what I have to say. There are people like those type of people are like they wish that they could like make love in public so that people could see them like making. Look at me, man. <laughs> Look at how I make love. We're making love in public. <laughs> Last week I was at Golden Gate Park <laughs> making love in public. So it was a good jazz fest. It was. Uh, it was great. It was great. Other than other than the small the kind of things, I was. I just enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the hell, hell out of myself. Um, and of course, it was great to have everybody in town. Yes, all the all the friends and have everybody on the podcast and everything. That was super super. That was incredibly terrific. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. It's like uh, decades long uh, friendships <clears throat> that a lot of them that generated from jazz fest. That's yeah, like yeah. came from Jazz Fest. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, like cousin Andy, and well, we got to hear from Ivan. You know, down there, yeah. <laughs> invited us all down. Exactly. That sounds like an invitation I'd like to take up. Is he still in Mexico or is he no. in Asia now? He's in he's, Asia. I think he's in L.A. and about to head to Asia. God damn it, man! But I we'll have to see if he closed the deal on his uh, he <laughs> on his uh, property um, in Mexico that he told us about on two episodes ago, three episodes ago. Um. He cheapishly texted me the next day, like apologizing for rant, you know, for not like just talk, you know, talking nonstop. Well, I mean, I mean, that's what you do. That's what he does. You know, that that it's incredible to me that he apologized for that. I think maybe it might have made him feel a little self conscious because it was hard to hear people coming back over the microphone because the receiver for the phone was like kind of so far away from people, so he had to like listen intently and he might have been enjoying a margarita perhaps you know on the balcony with the wind blowing or something like right. that who knows where he was at the time um but yeah, we, yeah, you know we don't yeah. we don't get hung up on that shit no. i mean you know well, that, home is cool. yeah um so the saturday of uh, jazz fest you and i didn't go out to the jazz fest when we went to go see endgame the avengers movie oh boy we sure did and I'm glad that you kept that in your list of things there because I would have forgotten about it. Um, so look, uh, uh, Joel, uh, it, it's a weird thing that I find about you, Joel, um, is that you uh, you're obviously a man who likes a you like a you like a drama, a television drama. I love a Breaking Bad. I love. A but you Sopranos. only. But you're like me too in that in the sense that like you're only going to watch. What is widely regarded as the best television available? Yeah, like right? Barry, Barry is the only thing I'm watching right. Right now. there, you go. Right, yeah. exactly. So a lot of things on HBO, some things on AMC, maybe some few things on FX. Yeah, but some but shows that are being produced that are really like cutting edge. And, yes, and that are well that produced, are top, well written, and top shows. Right, yep. exactly. And uh, and so we have that in common. But where we differ is that. Um, <clears throat> When it ventures out of things that purport to represent real life dramas um, and gets into like the f- into fantasy or sci-fi, um, you're uh, you're not such a big fan. Right. So it came as a big surprise. And and conversely, like I'm, so I don't watch Game I am I don't watch Game of Thrones. I'm a example. Game of Thrones fan, right? You know, and you're not. And right. uh, and so it came as a surprise to me that you were like contacting me. Because the opposite is true. Like I am not nearly as big a fan of like comic book movies, and and you were like, let's go and see Endgame the first it, weekend. It wasn't on my fucking radar at all, right? You know? But I was like, just getting out of the chemo, remember? And yep. I was like, well, that sounds like a good thing to do. Air conditioning, air conditioning, down sitting hours. down for three hours, blah blah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as it turns out, like no fucking tickets were available anywhere except at the Britannia, which, folks, the Britannia, if you don't know, is our last single-run movie theater in the city of New Orleans. It is likely Way part part of a, a dying breed of single-run movie theaters um, that are diminishing daily. Uh, all right, so it's uptown, but they they really keep that place running, oh, and yeah. they they get top movies over there. Yep, and uh, and. You know, it was evidenced by the fact that it was it was clearly sold out as well. And we clearly wanted to go to Broad Street Theater. <laughs> of course, that's we, our... We waited too long to pull the trigger. We waited too long to pull the trigger. So we wound up at the Britannia, and it was just a raft full of, like, nerdy, uh, you know, about to graduate from high school or just in college white boys that were there. And... Uh, and... and 
and and Joel and I, you know, and 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 so I might have been more egregious than you. But. There were also some nerd girls there as well too. Yes. I don't want to shout out to the nerd girls yes. of the world. And uh, anyway, but as the movie is going on, the, the movie. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. maybe your fans or whatever. I mean, there's nothing great about it. You know, it's 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 just you know to me like typical of those comic book type movies you know and it's got a few fun moments that are thrown in you know thor gets a beer belly and everybody's like oh thor's got a beer belly and he's like belching and he's drunk now and he's not mr humunculoid you know so that was funny yes and they had some funny lines his interaction with rocket was funny his interaction with rocket was funny and so they paired the the intentional comedy was good intentional comedy was good i think those were the best parts the intentional comedy me too and 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 then the whole the the meta thing was interesting with the time travel you know like how they did captain america fighting captain america that was yeah 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 and yeah they had a time there's a time travel thing that made kind of i'm into time travel well, and that, it made well. Game of Thrones had a time travel thing, and then they just let it go. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that was lame. Bummer. That was lame because um, you know it might have gotten you into the season even <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, but anyway, then of course, but there's all these, uh, and you're right. It was what was I found cool as a device is that uh, since that so many of these comic book superhero movies have been made that they were when they went back in time, they went back in time to scenes from these other movies that you remember. And they kind of made the past kind of made five, 10 years fun of themselves a little bit. And they kind of make fun of themselves when yeah. they're back there. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and so, um, that was a cool device. And, you know, the action sequences are like non pareil. Obviously they're, you know, the budget for these films is uh, higher than any other budget of any other films that get made. So they have access to the best of everything. And and it shows, you know, during the action sequences. And uh, but the downside of it was like every romantic triangle or or entanglement had to be settled. And so whether it be bro on bro or bro on lady, or it was like bro on lady, lady whatever. on lady, whatever it, was, whatever it was, you know, or alien on bro, you know, it was like it was alien like alien on alien, alien on alien, robot, right, robot, you know, right, on, exactly. sex on robot, ra- on raccoon, on raccoon, <laughs> right, exactly. All that had to be settled, and so you just had scene after scene after scene of this kind this of like expository, expository, this maudlin expository dialogue between people about like how much they love each other and what they had to do in order to rally and beat this horrible, awful, evil character. And and I, I couldn't stop laughing. And yeah, and so both Joel and I are just like cracking up about how bad the dialogue is. Kind of guffawing. At, 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 at turns and guffawing. I had, and, and I had even, done a little cut, shout out to Cousin Andy. I Joel, you were having this problem with your cough at the time. And so you, oh, were, yeah, it was. you were very much like crouched up in your chair, like trying to suppress yes. your cough. But you were also like pointing at the screen at, and laughing. <laughs> and you kept pointing like this. And you're like, and you're like, did you hear that? And like poking me with your hand. You know, <laughs> did you hear how stupid that dialogue? And it was like that. And I was like, I did. And, and it was incredibly bad. <laughs> And so there's all these moments in Endgame, and and it was clear that these nerdy kids that were around us were fucking like totally suppressing their anger. Right. You know how you can feel that, folks, when you're in like a crowded room and like you're doing something and like you know that people are getting frustrated, but they just haven't they haven't gotten to to the point where they're willing to confront you about it. That was us. It's like that hippie dancer. At the, right at the, the hippie dancer. When I go to the movies, I yell at the screen. We weren't being that obnoxious, but we were laughing. And I was doing some pointing. But it was enough. It was enough. Because the movie was three hours fucking long. Right. So, like, you know, in, at hour two hours, and two at hour 2.5, people are like, yo, it's enough. But that's when it got even more sappy. Oh, the last hour was the funniest. Last, unintentionally. The, the last hour was the, was the funny, funniest, unintentionally. And the last 15 minutes was hysterical. Dude, I think... I think <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> that fucking... That, 
that tracking shot that they yes. did where everybody's positioned. When Nick Fury showed up, I lost my shit. Uh-huh. I like guffawed. No, both of us did. We guffawed. Both of us did. We were like, oh my God. Uh, we were like high-fiving, laughing. Yes. Yeah, they were like, this is stupid. Look at it. Everyone else is cheering. No, they're cheering because they take it seriously. Right. And we're just like, this is so goofy in Hollywood, man. Like, I mean, they literally lined up every player that's been important in the Avengers series in this in weird the Marvel and they, comic in universe. the Marvel comic universe and position them in way in a way that made them isolated from each other so that this tracking shot could happen so that you could see like which action figure you wanted to fucking buy you know or something like that it's like just tracking past each one in this weird way that's taking up all this fucking time and they're playing the sappy music behind it because they're having a funeral for whoever it is that fucking died oh, but also what's her name oh, died Scarlett you know, Johansson Scarlett Johansson's character Black died Widow. They yeah. might as well have just like done a, done a shot of a fucking like 1970s lunchbox with all the characters. No, they should have. And I'm also like the one fucking character who doesn't have any like special powers at all. Like they got to kill her off. Yeah, you they got to. I mean? She knows. Jitsu. Why does she die? She knows Jitsushu. What? She's like a fucking jitsushu. karate expert. Yeah. Is that what she does, man? Like, right. what is her superpower? She wears. She a doesn't le- have. One. She wears leather. Well. She wears leather well, exactly. She doesn't have a superpower. That's the answer. That's the answer. How does she survive? Okay, let me just ask you this. Like when Thanos like came back from his history from when he traveled in time and then like threw brackets down on Tony Stark's headquarters after they had like stolen, after the good guys gotten the gems or whatever. There's like military like alien military style missiles destroy tony stark's giant compound and someone like black, was that his compound or was it like the it avengers was, un- compound no, you know his, where they well, meet up it, well that's where they meet up but it's his place uh, oh it's his joint it's his joint yeah because he's got all that one on the side of the cliff you know and somehow spider-man's every, poor somehow everyone survives even the ones without special power powers like your boy Don Cheadle, he wasn't. He doesn't have special powers. He oh, Don a, Cheadle doesn't have a special powers. No, thing. he didn't have special. powers. Oh, that's powers. good. The woman and the black man. <laughs> that's right. Don't get special that's powers. That's right. Exactly. Right. Right. The young teenager white guy does. Yeah, the young teenager white guy gets some fucking of special course. powers. Yeah. Yeah. And the old white. Can dude. I say something too? Also, that I was just really wanted Captain America to die. Yeah, I think Captain America was the fucking worst. In Instead, that movie, they man. just turned him old. Every dumb line that they could come up with they gave to Captain America and it was like everybody would people would argue argue and like be like we should do this we should do that and we're gonna do this and it's like when Captain America comes in the room with his quaffed hair and says a couple of fucking lines everybody's like oh that's now the plan and let's do that and it's like Captain America blows, man. The only way we'll do this is if we do it's it if we, man, Oh, okay, Captain America, sure. Let's all get in line behind Captain America. <laughs> Folks, Captain America's going to show us the way, just think, like in 1945. I think Captain America's a Trump supporter. Captain America's a fucking Trumpy. Yeah, he he's is. Dev- he's a Trumpy. Make America great that again. That guy, man. Fuck yeah. that guy. I don't Fuck like him. him, man. He shouldn't have made that shield for him again. He should have died. And he's dependent. He's codependent. Yeah. You know, oh, he's a super soldier. Yeah, I get it. He's a super soldier, but he needs his fucking shield. Who made that for him? Tony Stark. Tony Stark did. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I don't really get along with you because you're Tony Stark. Well, fuck you. And then don't go with the shield. Yeah. <laughs> Give your shield up, dude. <laughs> but, then, but he ended up doing that. He was like, I'm going to go back in time and just get old. Oh, the- and that was the other thing. Like, he comes back and he's old, right? And so then, I didn't understand this, too, because this is the other thing, right? Of course, it's always the same fucking shit, because Hollywood cannot get over itself, right? The white guys have all the best fucking roles, right? Right. And uh, they got they have two black characters in there, or there's more. Oh, it wasn't Don Cheadle. It was, there's uh, two black characters. Anthony Mackie. That really have lines Anthony in it, Mackie. you know? Because, yeah. like, I mean, I mean, it's true that Black Panther gets... Some action in the in the big battle scene at the end. That was the biggest cheer of the movie, by the way, when he showed up. Yeah, I know because it's like the biggest other than this movie, like probably sure. the biggest grossing of all the movies. Right. And uh, and so uh, he's like the hawk guy, right? Who has like the 
Anthony Ma- Mackey is Anthony Mackey Mackey is like right. what does he call Hawkwind or something like that or Blackhawk I think Black Hawk, say Black Hawkman Hawk <laughs> you know I don't know what his fucking name is but Jesus Christ man like why it's the lamest it's a lame it's super lame right because right. he flies around he's got like some visor that has some like techno shit in it right and then like he's got wings and he can like fly around and look at shit. And maybe he's got some rockets and shit that he can launch at you, but it's it's no Iron Man suit. You no, know? you can clip his wings. And so, like out of nowhere, like what does he become at the end of Not the movie? Captain America. He's the, he's new, the Captain new Captain America <laughs> at the end of the movie. So he graduates from being Hawk dude. To being Captain America because he turned, and he's not. But it's so out of. Not, it's not even contextualized not, in the run up to because he's not it happening. Look, Captain America. It's not like they share a special bond no, like during the movie where they're like, "Yo, we're bros." Give, you can't just give somebody a shield because Captain America has this strength from being like asleep for that for from the testing from the. I know, but they put the, the serum in him. They the put the serum in him. This dude so, doesn't have that. This dude's going to get his ass kicked trying to be Captain America. I don't know. I could that. punch that guy out probably. No, like he doesn't have any, you know. Seriously, at a bar, I could sucker punch that dude. That is not even. knock him out. That isn't, that isn't even my biggest thing about it. My biggest thing about that is that it just drops out of nowhere. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, Anthony Mackie cannot have nothing to do with this movie. They got really lazy at the end. So, so yeah. then they're just like. They push Anthony Mackie out into the scene in order to introduce you the new Captain America. So are they going to like give him some serum or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's got to have he's got to have something. Got to get the serum that juices him up, right? They got to juice it's him like up. It's like just HGH at least. <laughs> he's going to have to juice. They need some performing enhancing drugs. They're going to have to juice him up, man. Dude, that's the thing. People never complain about performing enhancing and drugs with the superheroes the way they do with athletes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ones that aren't mutants are are, are juicers. They're juicers. They're all juicers. <laughs> they can all jump and shit, you know, and they got big pecs. I mean, Tony Stark's a juicer when you think about it. He's got the power source. <laughs> and here's the other one that bothered me, too, because we're watching it. We're just laughing our asses off. Is that somehow, and I don't even know how, folks, please don't write in and tell us about the comic story background, the comic book background here. But Gwyneth Paltrow gets a fucking Iron Jesus Man suit some Christ. kind of way. And she's like flying around, and it's like the least fucking. You're like, wait a minute, when did Gwyneth Paltrow? And that was the thing that we were making fun of too, because we're like whispering, and people can hear us whispering. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, when did Gwyneth Paltrow get a fucking suit? And she's flying around, like shooting stuff out of her arms and everything. You're like, what the fuck happened to Penny? What happened? What happened here? Jesus. Christ. And Don Cheadle's just sitting there going, like, these motherfuckers are never going to give me the lines that I deserve. Exactly. The never. One, probably the second or third best actor on the entire thing. And not only that, but he's like, he's like, he's like, now that he's dead, they're not going to have another Iron Man with me being the fucking Iron Man because like, I'm the guy that should be Iron Man now. I am Iron Man. Exactly. He's right up there with, I mean, uh, Downey Jr. is the two best actors. In that I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, like if he anybody, has nothing to do, if anybody deserves more screen time, and yet Ant Man, which was <laughs> Ant Man, which was a fun role, like he carried the first fifth of the movie. Ant Man gets all kind of screen time. He gets so many lines, so many fucking lines, man. I mean, he's a nice comedic. Yeah. He's the only comedic actor on the Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd. He's the only yeah. comedic actor on there, so he's delivering all the jokes. Look, I, but no, that's not actually true in a sense because. The uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, crew oh, yeah, has been like doing, oh, yeah, rolling fun. off the fucking one line, and so is Thor. Yeah, yeah, and so is Thor. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. But <laughs> anyway, uh, the, you know, suffice it to say, folks, we left out the side exit. Yes, we escaped <laughs> immediately at the end of it. At the end of it, and people thought that I thought that moment was weird when when they're in the battle and all the superheroes show up. Dude, I've never experienced this in any movie ever. It was the biggest nerd moment of all time. Yes. In movies. Everyone, every nerd that was watching that movie just started screaming and clapping. Yeah. They were like, ah, It was like fucking, yeah. it was like Freebird. I mean, this is a, this is something that you could see coming 
from a fucking mile, mile away. away. Like it's like watching a slow motion bullet come at exactly. you from a mile away. Exactly. And and when it passes you, you're like, yeah, I dodged it. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, not to diss out people like so badly, but at the same time, it was like it was such a goofball moment. And then of course we're laughing at the people who are laughing which is registering with the people around exactly we're like making fun of them instead of like being being on the team joel on team nerd right you know where we're like yes let's captain this fucking belt why do you like these films so much and you hate something like game of thrones i don't understand it's all fantasy bullshit set in a world that isn't real i have no idea why it's inexplicable because you were into comic books when you were a kid. Not really. I mean, I did a little bit of that um, in junior high. And I, I went to comic book stores and a couple conventions, maybe. But I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a few pewter dragons hanging I've around. I've got some comic books and still in plastic. Got some right action, now. some action figures like, in the attic. I have one of the original Iron Mans. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I can't explain it. I like the Matrix, but I. You were teasing me because I was like, yo, last night uh, while I was watching the uh, Sixers um, Raptors ending, I was also at the same time going online because I thought maybe I'll just, you know, I mentioned this to you earlier that when I was back when I read novels, I would sometimes like read the last 10 pages first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just like a thing that I did. Right. So you jumped into Game of Thrones. So I was just like, I'm going to watch the final two episodes. You know, well, I did the same thing with uh, the really first big show that uh, that HBO ever had before Sopranos that captivated everyone. Six Feet Under. Yeah, yeah. I only watched the final episode. Hey, man, can I can I just step in here? Yeah, a little bit, and uh, we don't have to go down the Game of Thrones. Alley. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sucking. I mean, yeah. it's it's. It's a fucking mess. Man. Yeah, I, I, so I tried to watch the second it's to last episode, mess. and I couldn't stomach yeah. any part of it. And yeah. I scrubbed through yeah. it. Yeah, the show. Like I kept scrubbing through to try and find a scene. The show that got ahead of me. The show got ahead of the books, and at the point that it got ahead of the books, all of the writing writing got totally crappy. Yeah, and uh, and and they have not been able to recover what they had in the earlier part. Right, and because they set this artificial deadline. Um, they haven't been able to modify the writing to get all of the pieces and pl- things in place sure. to have like a really great, meaningful ending. And, uh, and they've just opted for this crappy uh, sequence of events that they've gone with that has a spectacular shooting. I know you said about the lighting and stuff earlier when we weren't on uh, microphones talking about it but uh, that you didn't there's just you really don't like every aspect of the show but i mean they've staged a couple of things this season that really have never been staged in uh, television history before and i commend them for that i think that that's that's there's a lot of bravado involved in that and i, I think heard that that's it. I, great I, the funny thing is i listen to podcasts specifically about game of thrones that's what a weirdo <laughs> i am it's just it's just <laughs> so, it's so just i've heard bad. so i've heard it's that. just the stories so going on the production value no it's incredible that part is yes. incredible i mean uh, but the 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 story arc is is just garbage yeah. so far and uh, and they're not going to be able to wrap it up it's you just know that they're not going to be able to do it they've got one episode left and it's going to be deeply unsatisfying for people who have been fans of the show for uh, the eight seasons that it's been on the air um, but let's not talk about that because let's yeah. talk about this. Um, simultaneously coordinating with the end of Game of Thrones on Monday nights on HBO is what I think of as one of the most terrific things I've seen on in Sunday. a long time. Yeah. No, on Monday nights, oh. actually. Um, we've already discussed that Barry is like one of the great yeah. things, right? But uh, HBO produces you know about four or five six maybe of these uh, mini series a year that are special one-offs that they do and they're doing this one called chernobyl right now yeah um which is a movie that has deserved to be made for a long time um or a television show whatever the case may be um about an incident that happened during our lifetimes you know which was really a harbinger of the end of the uh, Soviet Union sure um, happened a couple of years before the Soviet Union collapsed and um, just being young people at the time it took a long time at least I can speak for myself to 
grow up and realize like the incredible historical significance of what was happening between 1989 and 1991. Yep. A complete reshaping of the political universe of the world as we had known it coming up and through our teens. Sure. Um, modified into a new world um, where for a time at least uh, n- nuclear being safe from nuclear war was uh, became a possibility and a reality of life and of the of life's existence you know that that we could we could live in a world where we were like free from this like ever-present threat of nuclear war and um you know this uh contentious uh on again off again relationship that went on during the cold war was like tit for tat going back and forth with this other major superpower all of it came to a crashing end um in 1991 and i think that we all thought of ourselves and our privilege as watching something that was amusing that was happening at the time. Um, and, and Chernobyl, uh, the first episode at least, man, was just terrific. It was, yeah. it was everything about it, the writing, the set design. It's a documentary or biopic? It's a, it's a, it's a dramatic it's a biopic. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a biopic, but I mean, yeah, it's like because it's, it's not about. It's a feature. It's a yeah. It's a mini series about. Got it. And and I thought, you know, <laughs> it's rare when I when I really get on it with like set design and stuff like that. You know, like some people like are into the whole thing of like the design element because it's like. You know, oh, it's like uh, seems like something that I would like to incorporate into my home decor. So I watch Mad Men, you know, with no appreciation for the story arc or the writing necessarily. Sure, you know, right. but people are like, wow, you know, the sofa is really the, cool. The cocktail glasses, right? Dope. Well, this is the opposite of that, and I and I thought that from a set design perspective, um, and I was just like, you know, uh, a, a nuclear power plant is not a place, or even like any power plant that people really go to. Yeah. Um, on a regular basis and that includes people who work in the movie industry and and so the idea of constructing a set that realistically looks like a nuclear power plant that has exploded i just thought of as like this is a fucking incredibly unique challenge yeah from a set design standpoint that no one has ever been asked to do sure in the history of filmmaking you know yeah and uh and and it's just fucking amazing, man. Like I, I the and not only I mean, what not only s- were they asked to do it, Joel, but they were asked to do it with with limited amounts of research because there's still such a lockdown on what you can of the information that you can get. Sure. About like what Chernobyl was. So you have to figure the out the reactor yes. and how it looked and what was the patina. Like they had to somehow find because the state controlled media photographs yeah. somewhere from somebody who had that, you know, of like, what does the inside of the nuclear power plant's control facility look like sure. in the former Soviet Union? For me, I was like, I was like, that impressed me. That's the most fascinating part. It's not, it's not actually, but the story is like, is tremendous, like so far, you know, like yes. just like how people, nobody understood. Remember how you and I were like, so like, we were like, oh, look at this scene in the Nick, right. and how much we love that show. Yes. And, and we were like, this is great, like how they the guy just stands in front of the fucking X-ray that's on without any protective clothing sure. at all, and that's how they're doing the re- X-ray. Right. And we're just like, Jesus Christ, man, that is going to like, that's no good. That show right? is amazing, and 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 this like is similar to that, in, yeah, in, yeah. in, in that way, um, because it's just it's just tremendous that first episode I watched it twice like almost back to back because I was just like this thing is like rich and dense and well written and this is going to be a good this is going to be a good thing to watch and mainly is this that I appreciate it from a writing standpoint is that they were cognizant enough of the effects of uh, state control of living in an, in an, in an essentially an autocratic state that has control over all these aspects of your life that your response, even in an emergency situation, is self-preservation instead right. of helping people because you're afraid that the state is going to come down on you sure. and you're going to receive the blame and therefore you're going to wind up in the gulag. That's right. Right? Yeah. And they 
they that's how the leadership responds right, right away they he the guy that is on the site without having seen anything formulates a conclusion and which is totally incorrect and says that's what happened right and then says if you don't believe this you're out and he's self immediately he's also self preserving that person he's totally self everyone is self preserving not only yeah. does he do that but then he walks out and he looks down and out of one of the windows and he sees the evidence that he's incorrect and he chooses at that moment to ignore it sure. and to continue down the path that he's going down because right. he knows that that's what's going to be received well by the communist operatives that's right. that are higher than him that he has to now contact that's right and so when they come in he gives them this line of fucking bullshit right, right? and uh and everybody is coming back into the control room and they're all dying of radiation sickness and they come back in and they're like you don't understand the core exploded right completely and we are in total meltdown right, right now and there is there are no control rods that can be they control rods don't exist sure anymore that the roof and the building has blown up and the core is exposed to the outside air right, right now and is burning uncontrollably and they tell him that and he's like get out Jesus. you liar Jesus you know Christ. and it's like like stuff like that fake you know? news fake news and and the higher ups are like yeah fake news man yeah you know so much so that they send one of oh, the guys our, our, our reactor cannot blow I up I know no no they're oh, like this is how does a human failure that's what he does he it's walks up a, to him and he's like it's a human failure not only does he do that Joel but the guy who's the truth teller right who comes he's like Automatically sentences him, sentences him to death. Yeah, they just kill him. No, he just he goes. The guy comes and tells the truth, and he does what you just did. Right. He goes, "Tell me how it is that a blah 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 reactor blows up," and the guy goes, "I don't know how it blows up," and he's like, "Are you stupid?" And he's like, "I'm not stupid." Then it cannot blow up, right? And he's like, "I agree." And he's like, "Then we're finished." And he says, "But it did." <laughs> And then the guy's like, and this is after they took like the main leader guy that was on site, like winds up vomiting and he's gone from the scene now. Right. And and then they're like, okay, we're done with this, blah, blah, blah. And the two higher ups start talking and then they turn around they go like, we're going to need you to go up to the roof and take a look at the reactor core. Right. And they just, which means that you're, you're You're going to, you're going to die. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Right. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And the other guy, the guy goes, yeah, of course you will. And he does. Because of the power of that state apparatus sure. over how yeah. people feel about what they're obliged to do is so fucking strong, Joel, yeah. that like this guy f- compels himself to walk <laughs> into the into, into the, the most intense radiation field on on Earth right. <clears throat> at the time and expose himself to that radiation to with nothing. Right. Right. And to die. Right. 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 Exactly. So... Anyway, uh, folks, if you're out there, watch. That's a that's a bright picture for a, for you know some Monday night viewing, right there. But I'm telling you, it's excellent. It's totally excellent, and I would I would encourage anybody out there to watch it. Okay, so let's wrap this up, folks. Yeah. it's a good life, babe.com. I got, Jeff, I got goals. a quick shout out. Yeah, go ahead. Quick a, shout a, out. A quick plug. Yeah, uh, the NBA draft lottery is tomorrow. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh. we're recording on a Monday, so it's on Tuesday. Pels have about a twenty percent chance of getting Zion Williams. Zion Williams. <laughs> so cross your fingers. Cross your fingers, folks. Yes. Okay, um, and that would happen via a trade with the New York Knicks. Right? The Knicks, the Lakers are our pick because <laughs> I think the Knicks and the Lakers would both trade the number one pick. But do us. the Lakers have any chance of winning the lottery? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not as high as the Knicks, though. No. Right. But like, if you aggregate the three teams' chances, it's yeah. about. 20.5%. I saw the other day that they were like, we're still going to go after AD. I'm like, with what? Well, with what? They would have, yeah. They would have to have something. They'd have to right? have Zion. They'd have to have that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because I'm like, I mean, this is the conundrum. I'm sorry. I'm, we're going to wrap up after this. This is the conundrum as I see it, right? In my layman's view from the outside is that if we give Anthony Davis to any, the, the, the basic thing that we would want to exchange is some players from a team plus draft picks, right? right. And uh, and first round draft picks for 
a guy like Anthony Davis. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, right? it's, it's either Zion so in then, that aforementioned scenario, or the Celtics give us Tatum and a bunch of draft picks. And a bunch of draft picks. All right, but but here's my point: is that you kind of want him to go on a garbagey team that can continue to be garbagey for a year, so that you can get a better pick, right? If it's a first round pick, right? You don't want him to go on a team that's going to instantaneously be that much fucking better, which is what's going to happen if he goes to the Lakers. Well, no, I mean the picks aren't going to be great. Well, they're going to win twenty five more games. The a Lakers year don't have great picks. I mean, with Boston, it's going to be like we get Tatum plus Jamal Brown and then some picks. No, I'm just saying, like, I mean, like it's all it's based on how bad your record is. Yeah, right? yeah, but During he's your, but he's not going to he's an unrestricted he'll he will be an unrestricted free agent, so we can't trade him to a shitty team. A shitty team will not give any assets up for him because they have no guarantee that he'll resign. So he's only going to resign with a good team. That's fucked up. So that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be Boston. That's fucked up for us. Yeah, but I mean I I like AD, man. I hope that he lands in uh I I really hope the New York scenario works out. I would love to see him play. Yeah, in New it's, York. it's got nothing to do with like for me like whether I yeah. like the guy or not at, yeah. at this point, you know. It's yeah. like what's best for our team now that you're fucking us, you know. Right, right, right. I mean, what is it? I mean, he's just exercising his contractual right to not resign his contract. I don't I understand that, but he handled it poorly. But he handled it poorly by right. trying to uh, by attempting to like jimmy his way out of it halfway through the fucking season. Like we joked yeah. on the last episode about Dwight's post agency and that came from like this thing where there's there's always been free agency, which is part of the right, CBA. Right, yeah. But what Anthony Davis did was pre-agency. Yeah, pre. Like he asked for the... I know, I know. He asked for the trade 20 months before his contract was up. It was a dick move. Dick move. It was. But anyway, you know. so look, just folks, if you're listening, hope the, uh, the NBA draft lottery balls bounce our way tomorrow. All right, folks, it's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We'll catch up with you next time. Yeah, you're right.